Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Boardman, he's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. Um, if you're a new listener and we're attracted by some of that amazing promotional material we've been recording <laughs> with uh, a second-hand camera from CEX that I've not got any... It, there's no actual explanations to how it works, so I've just been fiddling with there's it. There's no instructions morning. or anything? Nope, didn't come with that. Um, Good, was, you, got, you got the man package then, did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that. It was less than half price. Okay. Um, so it doesn't have any of the battery pack either. So we've got currently got like a two-minute record on it so, yeah so that's why we're not videoing this one we might video them in the future we might actually never it might not be good enough my thoughts are after playing with it <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not but anyway we're trying to make it a slight bit of effort because all our friends are really successful yeah because they all video that seems to be like a, a big thing they not, invest not... in themselves they do. And that's, I've never done that. I've never been able to afford to invest in myself, like <laughs> spiritually, mentally, physically. No, no. I just basically work, get money and then it goes. Yeah. But yeah. That, well, that's, that's, that's the nature of everything. Like you, yeah, you just sort of just do stuff. And then <laughs> just that, do stuff and then, stuff happens. And then you go to sleep and that's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you have a day off from doing stuff, you're always that tired from the stuff you've done that you don't really do very no, much. No, exactly. I was thinking this, I never get a day off. You know what I mean? Like an actual day where I no. go, right, I don't need to do anything. Now. But you funny about a lot, don't you? With So a day off for you would be morning in allotment, digging up some turnips like it's Blackadder times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackadder, yeah. like the third, uh, yeah, the I'm second. A, I'm my own worst enemy, I get that. You <laughs> know what I mean? I, I know that, you know, that, that I've set myself all of these responsibilities <laughs> yeah. outside of just... You know, outside of the home, that I need to sort of sort out. But yeah, it would be nice though to just occasionally go. Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna go and have a swim. Yeah, and but then, even then, you wouldn't just go for a swim, would you? You'd have to do some sort of cave snorkeling. Did, well, did I tell you that I went swimming in a in a pond in a <laughs> reservoir <laughs> on top of the moors near <laughs> our house? Why? Because <laughs> it was nice. You know what? You I hope you get dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> I was on. I was like on the same level as the ducks with some ducklings nearby. It was quite cool. Yeah. Waste of, wasting your time. <laughs> um, so, some of these successful friends um, that we're talking about caused a bit of a stink this week. So, I thought we'd do a special on it. Um, so, I only know one of the guys. So, there's, I mean, I can't list all the people that we're friends with who've got more successful podcasts than this. Because yeah. basically, everybody that's got a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Think, think, think of anyone. Think a... a Think of an, a, a Christian name and surname and put them together and that person will have a more successful podcast. Because they didn't tether it to something as dull yeah, as, exactly. as the law, did yeah, they? Yeah, no, they, they, they either made it completely freeform so you could do whatever you want yeah. or um, they made it some sort of like front in the culture war. You know, so. <laughs> well, so um, Francis Foster and um, Constantine Kissing. Mm -hmm. um, so I... 
I, I know Francis because I've done a few. Have you ever gigged with Francis? I've not. I've not gigged with either of them. So right. Uh, yeah. So Francis, um, I've probably not gigged with him since pre-lockdown. Um, he used to MC a gig in Windsor or Bracknell or Windsor and Bracknell, amongst other gigs. Yeah. Uh, and it was booked by um, I think it's called Simon who books headliners in Ewing. So you do Ewing and then you drive out to Windsor. Windsor was called Fuzzy Bear Comedy. I think that's where I right, know okay. him from. Francis, really nice fella, ex-teacher, um, mother's, I think, Venezuelan or something, but he looks oh, like right, the okay. least South American person you could imagine. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound very of, South American neither, with his name. Yeah, and he's like, so he speaks Spanish, obviously, and he's like, oh, it, right, okay. it's, it's kind of, he's really funny. And he was funny, he was a really good act. And then um, Constantine, I think, from watching Trigonometry, which is the name of their podcast, which is massive. So he's uh, Russian or half Russian. I think he was born in Russia. Mm. Um, and he was a stand-up at some point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how far he went with it and things, but he's also an author. and So their podcast, Trigonometry, is... Um, they've had some massive people on in the last couple of years. Jordan Peterson, is he called that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's huge. Whether you agree with him, whether you disagree with him, whether you think he's... Um, a megalomaniac and just need it for self-promotion. So Francis and Constantine have just done Joe Rogan's podcast. Are you aware of Joe Rogan? I've, I am aware. Of course I'm aware of Joe Rogan. That's right. like, I don't, so do you know what I mean? If I was say, oh, there's been a new breed of newt found in like, <laughs> the Outer Hebrides and you'd be like, that, oh yes, it's fantastic news, isn't it? And you'd know all about that. So Joe Rogan's like, I think he's a comedian as well. I've not really ever seen much of his stuff. Yeah, um, I've, I've I've seen him do stand up. He's all right at stand up. Yeah, you know, like, I don't I don't think he's great. He's, he's I think he's one of those you know those people who get into stand up after they become famous for doing something else. Yes, and I think then, he's an MMA commentator. Yeah, that's yeah. Where most people knew him from, and and they do and they do stand up sort of like whilst already famous, so they have an audience there already. And now without getting good at it, he's got know. like a four million or maybe <clears> even more like podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. where they just talk. So they got to go on that, which is huge for any comedian. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So it's a massive, massive, massive thing. Anyway, uh, so I thought we'd do a special today on. Um, well, this is this is basically what Constantine said when I think it was the day before they went on the Joe Rogan podcast. And pretty much every comedian in the UK has bit and reacted and started email, uh, texting and twittering uh, yeah, Constantine yeah. and Francis. So uh, Constantine Kissing said, last night at Francis J. Foster and I went to see a comedy show at Joe Rogan's club in Austin. Right. So, so Joe Rogan's got a comedy club. He's got a, co- a comedy club. Austin, even though it's Texas. in Texas, it is the capital, state capital of Texas. Yeah. It is renowned as like a music town. It's a bit like Portland, if you've ever seen Portlandia. It's kind of like ultra hip. Right. Um, okay. So it's not the Texas quite that you'd think yeah, yeah, it's of. Not. <laughs> you're, you're thinking, I'm imagining, a room full of people wearing cowboy hats and eating yes. chili and stuff like that. With guns. With guns. All of the like cars have got hog. big long horn cattle yeah. horns on the front. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, what's a gun's clicking if you say yeah, something yeah. bad about your daddy? <laughs> um, so I don't think it's probably like that because Austin's, not, Austin's like not like that at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so he continues, every single set from every single comic would have got you permanently banned from every single comedy club in the UK. Um, I mean, that's... 
very sweeping. It is a bit sweeping, isn't it? But you know, every single every single set from every single comic would have got banned from every single club. Is that's about as broad and sweeping as you can get. It is. So, but this when I took a screenshot of it had one hundred and fifty retweets anyway, and like thousands of comments all over Facebook, all over everything. Yeah. This is probably why they're popular. We need to start slagging stuff off. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. That people like. And well, do, well, do you know what can get in the bin then? The Lake District. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand oh the District. That's, your, that's <laughs> you and your, your link to popular culture <laughs> is um, <laughs> the Lake District. Yeah, Wordsworth's not always cracked up to me. Yeah, that's yeah. really going to suck. Exactly. It, Just oh, boring. I boring think, whether he's in London or in the Lake District. That's Wordsworth. <laughs> I think I know why. We're not popular. <laughs> not only if we just spent a couple of minutes explaining to 20-year-olds who Joe Rogan is in <laughs> Jordan Peterson. I'm, try- I'm trying to trigger the National Trust members. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so the final bit is, it was so free, it made me want to do stand-up again. And then there's three emojis of like a brain exploding out of a skull. Right, okay. So I don't know what that means. That, that, I think that, that means that was that my, means my mind blown. was blown by how, how free this was. So it was presumably blown, and then it re For the first act. itself. Then over the break, it got back together. <laughs> he had a beer. And then, <laughs> then the chilly. middle act came on. <laughs> Shot a cow. Yeah, yeah. Boom again. <laughs> oh, my brain. And then there was a second break. <laughs> Very finally to just and go And then back. the closer came on and... Blew his mind, but only as good as the uh, equally first. as good. Were, uh, equally <laughs> as good across the board. Yeah, yeah. I got the whole um, game paired the same. So every single set from every single comic would have got you permanently banned from every single comedy club in the UK. So there's mm. not really what, any even comedy unleashed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is like a, there's a big current trend in there about wokeness, anti wokeness, yeah. being telling it like it is. Um, mm-hmm. there's a sort of right wing backlash in some way that there's no um, there's no right wing comedians. Yeah. Um, Jeff Norcott, who you tour with a lot, he's one of the few sort of acceptable. He does really well. He's on loads of telly, loads of radio. Yeah. More slightly right wing comedians. Um, see Jim Davidson, for instance. Uh, he's always yeah. wedging that he's not. You know, he doesn't but have a platform anymore. Well, the, there's like two, the two school. You know, there's a, I don't know, there's a strange school of thought which is that right wing comedy means sort of like, so like Jim Davidson and people like that. When people talk about that, and or Chubby Brown gets mentioned, I was yeah. like, I've never watched. I've, you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch Chubby Brown videos because like they, you know, some of the were around yeah. schools, and like I never thought, well, oh, this is some serious sort of conservative political no. political discourse going on here. No, it was just a bloke selling, selling sometimes racist <clears throat> and sexist jokes. Oh, well, often very sexist. Yeah. I never really saw I never was racist. much racist. No, I, don't, I, I think th- that came way. I think, I think there was probably some, some, certainly some like racist subtext in some of them, I think, to be yeah. honest with you, yeah. in the way that they often were. When you look back now, you think, oh, I actually, I actually noticed that at the time because, yeah, you know, I, was racist. because I was racist <laughs> myself, it turns out, when yeah. I was a child. But, um, yeah, but it's like, is that right-wing? You know what I mean? It's like, I find that a bit strange that that's what's classed as being right-wing when people talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know that Jim Davidson is a Tory, like he's a Conservative voter and openly a member of the party and all that sort of stuff. But like his comedy, he's he's like he's just an old school sort of yeah, he's, quite he's like an sexist, 80s. uncouth, race, yeah. slightly racist, a bit racist comic. You so know there mean? was a point where he was really, when I was really really young, I didn't see it, but he was on telly throughout the eighties, 
and he was kind of like young, good looking, the sort of seventies comedians, the, the comedians that got yeah. famous on TV, and it was like Bernard Manning and um, who else was on it? Colin Crompton was on it, and Frank Carson was on it, and people like this. Yeah, Jim Bowen and yeah, Jim Bowen. Like they all had dicky bows on. They were all in the forties then. Yeah, and this like it's when Lenny Henry, Henry came through, and when Jim Davison came through, they were both like twenty. So they were half the age, they were like good looking. And they were doing sort of impressions and sort of longer form bits that weren't really jokes, they were sort of like little sketches. And And it had gone from like, take my wife please, you know that kind of joke, to exactly what you said, a bit more energy, a bit more like characters and and it was just different, it was like the evolution from that 70s comedian to an early 80s comedian that then evolved into like the sort of Ben Elton... Like yeah, Alexis Ayle. Saturday sort of, Night Live sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Alternative comedy that was a reaction to that. And it's almost like it's your time where you're at that maybe develops your voice or maybe you, your audience finds you. Yeah. Or And then at some point, that audience, if you stay like that and don't actively seek a new audience... Yeah, they'll, they'll just... They'll, they'll just move away, won't they? And they might just not like you. They just might not consume stuff the same because yeah, they're exactly. in the 50s or Cause 60s. Because they're getting older and <laughs> some of them are dead. Got saga holidays to yeah, go on exactly. now or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And there's like letters to write to Tesco complaining that your milk wasn't as cold yeah. as you, you <laughs> yeah. Know yeah. So you So that just sort of happens. So that's one thing. Then Comedy Unleashed is a second thing, which is now a sort of tour of comedians that are pretty much our generation yeah. some of them are a bit older I mean there's one Frank Sinatra who I've never seen but he does in the style of Adolf Hitler crossed with Frank Sinatra he's like, he's like a lounge singer yeah. he's like he's if, in, what if Hitler was a lounge singer yeah seems to be the uh, I've never seen him no but, but I've, I've seen videos it's really good isn't yeah it? yeah I can imagine that's really funny it's, that's sort of the sort of, like the sort of thing that like the Pythons or, or yeah. Spike Milligan would do exactly you know what I mean exactly there's and loads it, of references to that in Spike Milligan War Diaries. There's a bit where there's like a they have like little sort of sketches that he's written down in the middle of his diary. You know, like and and it's like um, it's the Nazis in a in a jazz band, and it's got like doing a song like "Ist you ist or ist you ain't mine, baby." You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's I mean I can imagine that joke where it's kind of thin after two songs maybe or maybe three. Yeah, the writing of the material in between has got to be good, hasn't it? Yeah, you can't just be, be carried by that. You can see it being done and being conceit. great. I've not yeah, seen yeah. it, sadly. Yeah, yeah. And then I know there's some really good comedians on that tour as well. Yeah, yeah. As some that are maybe not quite as good. But there's three or four of them. You go, they're amazing. Mm. They're great. So I don't see quite what the problem yeah. is. I'd, I'd, I don't recall them being leased at any point. <coughs> you know no, I mean? no. But also it's like... <coughs> it's just marketing, isn't it? Is that what it is? That's what I think. I think a lot of it's just marketing. I think we've got to say a lot of it's just marketing. But with this in mind, it has for us been it's quite an interesting topic. Are there things? And also, sorry, the the other thing that Constantine said was about being banned from comedy clubs. So I've booked a couple of gigs over round about a decade. Yeah. And there are so many factors going to booking a gig, not least the laziness of the person booking that gig. And if, whoever gets that email in first yeah, yeah. Or gets that at the gig. time when you happen to have your laptop open exactly. and it pops up and go, oh, it's them. Yes, you can have that gig. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, as long as you're getting laughs and as long as the, I mean, if you say you say you went on and did something that was provocative and you did like a really... A, a joke that like really split the audience but it, it's you started selling more and more tickets 
I think back to a time when I was banned for a week or two via Twitter for something. And one of the things that Oh yeah, when you got cancelled. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when I got cancelled, um, was there was something like 10,000 new followers on the Twitter feed of that club. And also ticket sales had doubled right okay when i was on right Um, whether or not that was a tribute whether it was anything to do with it but so that's a factor definitely and then when people people turn up and then we find out that you weren't like that at all they were disappointed (laughs) and they just stopped coming because they turned up and bought a ticket to actively physically cancel yeah yeah yeah. but um so there's millions of factors The, the main factor really is if you get lots of laughs and you're very good and the audience like you you will get booked again it is pretty much that simple yeah um, so I'm not sure if, say, Jim Davison, for instance, was to do the comedy So I'm not sure if he'd sell tickets. But I'm sure he'd sell tickets in a provincial well, theatre. Well, exactly. Well, isn't this a lot of the a lot of the issue is that it seems to be sort of people attributing correlation to causation. So people go, oh, the reason why... Uh, you know, although there is there's some sort of, like, woke police, you know, yeah. like, who are going... Like, uh, oh, right, well, we can't have that act here. Now, we can't have this act on because they, they did a joke about that subject matter and therefore that means that they are no longer yeah. allowed to do any gigs here at all, right? But I don't, I don't buy that for a second. No. I do think that market forces may well dictate that certain material won't be considered to be funny and will make the audience feel uncomfortable. Mm. And therefore, I can see that if you're a promoter, you're going, well... I don't want the audience feel uncomfortable thinking that I'm not going to come back there because what what happened then was wasn't pleasant. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the thing. That's but, that, a different... but, that, but that's not that's not being banned for any reason. Being banned it? for any reason or interfering with your freedom of expression. That's literally a business decision by by exactly. someone. And, and I don't think there's anything Frankie Boyle or Jimmy Carr would say that if you use the comedy store again in London, if Frankie Boyle phoned up and said, "Can you slot us in this week?" Um, Frankie Boyle very recently this week got collared by the Daily Mail or the Daily Mail Online who totally misrepresented a joke that he'd said a, a bit of the joke saying, it's a bit like this, which is an example of very stupid thinking. And they quoted the stupid thinking as it, as it is was like what his point his was. His thinking. Do you know what I mean? Which is just... <laughs> another, so there's another factor in there of like, let's just call it devilment. Yeah. But it's not really. It's just dishonest reporting and whatever. Yeah. Um. So all that aside, what, say I was to want to get banned or even arrested, what are the criminal offences around? Speech, hate speech, freedom of speech, what rights have I got? Um, what can I put on Twitter? What could we record as a video and put out? What, just how does the law stand so that there's, we can stop at least some of the bullshit around this nonsense argument yeah well so so the starting point is is that actually you know like if you look back to what that sort of tweet was about it says banned from clubs now that's not actually suggesting that the law is involved there that's no. suggesting that clubs themselves are effectively making decisions um based on what they think they want their business to which be run the, which you are. would think would be applauded by anyone who's right leaning is basically that is just a free market in operation. Exactly. So yeah. you know, and and is the market effectively regulating itself, um, yeah. and punt, uh, you know, based on what people would like. Now, there's al- there's always like a sort of like a, a suggestion of some sort of insidious, underhand, shadowy cabal of of 
of lefties, lefties woke warriors. Yeah, yeah. Who like uniquely flip down from the clouds and like sprinkle some mistrust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it, like and a dusting of like uh, just banning people. And well, it's like I, I would go as far as to say that there probably aren't really many, if any, sort of like, aren't many actually left wing comedians who are doing left wing political sort of comedy. I think there's lots of liberals, and there's lots of middle-class mm. liberals. I don't think there's anyone who's actually... Pro- there's, there's not many people going out doing jokes about, you know, collectivised farming. No, or, like Alexis Sale uh, did. Alexis Sale did. classic example. Actually, you know, like there were, in the past, there used to be some actual properly left-wing comics doing jokes about left-wing politics. And, you know, there's, there's not... there's not. I, I sort of do that, but not, not much, really. You know what yeah, I mean? not really. You're dabbling because it's trendy. <laughs> 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 You'll come the other way. I'm soon. just a capitalist, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but um, it's but it, I, but the, the wider point that I'm making though is I don't think there's much political comedy goes on at all in clubs. No, I don't think. I wonder what people think happens in comedy clubs. You know what I mean? That I don't think being quote unquote woke is actually a sort of career benefit to you in comedy. No, God, no, at all. Because you, if you do some gags, you know, I some you know, there's a reason why people veer towards. Let's do stuff that's observational things about everyday life because it doesn't antagonise anyone on either side. You well, also, it gets the bigger laughs. It gets bigger laughs because laughing's a reflex as well. So you're trying to tickle something in people. Yeah, it's something people can. People so can, they go, ha! Huh, and I, the involuntary go, oh I, my God. People can, people can recognise more of it, you know that. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, biggest, like, the biggest comedians in the country Manford, McIntyre. Probably John Bishop, Sarah Millican. You don't. You don't have to have done any wider reading to have under, to understand no. the premises of their. There's very few. Sean Locke's gone, hasn't he? Jimmy Carr. Yeah. Gervais. They're all instantly accessible. I suppose Gervais and Frankie Boyle and Jimmy Carr are the ones that feel slightly. I would never have called them right leaning. No, they're not in at all. The 90s. They're not at all. And Frankie Ball certainly isn't right leaning. No, he's, 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 he's the opposite of that. But, but it's like they, they'll say one joke that's about, like, I don't know. They'll say one joke and people will go, oh my God, that's. Well, that's people so who sat through an entire show laughing at something, you know, everything else, then when it's something that's, you know, offensive to them, they go, well, that's, you can't joke about that. It's yeah. like, well, I'm fairly certain that everything else, you, everything you've laughed at has been offensive to at least one other person in this room. So, you know, just. Get over yourself, yeah, yeah. basically. But so in terms of the, but so, in, so I think the reason I'm talking about that though is that is that is slightly different from whether or not the law will intervene. Like what is the, you know, you, you talk yeah. about, and that's what I think we should because people talk about on. freedom of speech all as, the time as being this sort of it's almost like a nebulous abstract concept because people refer to it as being like where's my freedom of speech and they don't understand that you know it, it's not a naturally occurring phenomenon. It no. doesn't actually exist in the real world. It is just something that is um, g- given to you under certain laws, um, or um, it's something that sort of society sorts out amongst itself. I remember, like we, we talked, we've talked about this issue before, but like you know, no one's abs- no one's ever been absolutely free to say anything that they want. Like you, you know, if you if you know someone who says, "I will say whatever I want at any given moment," I guarantee you that not many people will like that person. No, because there are rules. You know, within sort of com- there are conversational rules, and you pick up on cues and stuff like that to think. Well, I'm not going to upset people. You know what I mean? You're not going to sort of like deliberately antagonise people at a funeral. Like you, know what you mean? earlier when you were slagging off the Lake District. <laughs> <laughs> Already, people have left this episode to complain. Yeah, exactly. But for instance, 
this is also feels much more like a more recent phenomenon with things like Twitter and Facebook because if you were to say anything you wanted in a pub in the 80s up to the end of the 90s, you had to face the wrath of anyone in that pub who heard you didn't like what you said. It was it natural, would knock you out. Naturally policing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so was the issue, for example, because it, it, it's going to lead into some of the actual law around this, there was the issue about when the sort of Count Dankula thing, which was got everyone's knickers in a twist um, yeah. a while ago. Um, where he was convicted under the, I think it was under the Communications Act or the Malicious Communications Act. Um, he was convicted in Scotland, um, obviously having put effectively an offensive video on YouTube. Um, and at the time, I seem to recall that I, um, I, I believe it was the comedian Chris Keogh who said <laughs> that, um, calm down everyone, the police aren't going to be coming dragging you off stage anytime soon because of X, Y and Z. And that's proven to have been yeah. correct. If it you would know. have been me making that point, I would have said, the police won't come to a comedy club and pull you off on stage. <laughs> and it would have been a joke. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, and for the simple reason is that, there are, obviously there, there are sort of rules in you know, the law um, apply, you know, that only applies in certain scenarios. Like, in, you know, so, so, there's, so the starting point in terms of freedom of speech is that actually you have a right to the freedom of expression under Article 10 of the Human of the European Convention of Human Rights, which is enshrined in English law under the Human Rights Act, which interestingly the right-wing government wants to get rid of. So yes. you know, um, but both well, currently we've got a trust Sunak. We don't know who's going to be. Who do you think it's going to be? Just off the top of your head. The, I mean, I would have thought Sunak, but. Um, the polling seems to suggest that it's going to be Trump. Just from when I observed the Trump thing, from what I'm being fed more frequently, it seems trust is miles more prevalent. Yeah. So yes, it's like I'm, she's seeing, I'm seeing more of her. Much more of her than and, him. And she's, I don't know, I, I find it hard to believe that the woman who does, who's got a meme where she goes pork markets and then pauses for applause is going to be the prime minister. But it's, but it's top. It's actually we got. We were saying for years that Boris Johnson. That's it. It's like politics has eaten itself. It can't. There's no point in ever doing satire. Oh, and then if it is trust, I think it's a step up. I think if yeah, you were yeah, a spitting yeah. image writer, you'd just be like. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. delighted. She, um, she, you know, it's like, and, and it's interesting because some of the things that they're talking about is like, is they're, because obviously they're only trying to appeal to Conservative Party members who can vote for the next yes. leader. So you need to remember that when you consider what they're saying. And what they're saying is that I'm going to be even more right wing than Boris Johnson, more people to Rwanda, yeah. fewer rights for people back home, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, and strikes, and make striking illegal. Exactly, that's what I mean, yeah. So we're going to, no one can go on strike, or if you do go on strike, then agency workers can come in because apparently there's this huge mass of, Mo I mean, it's yeah. interesting that there's, there's simultaneously very low unemployment and also a bank of skilled people not currently in work <laughs> who can come in and break <laughs> strikes. So I'm not quite sure which of those two um, figures is to be, uh, so, you know. But, they're, but they are both very anti um the European Court of Human Rights. They, yeah. They, they make no bones. That's been, uh, they, that's all. That's always been a, a destination point for this government since Brexit was a, a step towards that. And I always thought that was the case because yeah. it, it annoys them because it, it it's it's one of those things. It's interesting. that sovereignty. There's a book called East West Street by Philippe Sands, who is 
um, a QC based at Matrix Chambers in London. He's also a professor of international law at uh, London School of Economics, I think. One of the London universities, anyway. If, I, if I've given him a different university, I apologise for that. Um, and his books are excellent, really accessible, really interesting. East West Street is about the uh, effectively the, um, the two lawyers who were heavily involved in creating the offences of genocide and crimes against humanity because they needed to create new offences with which to charge the Nazis after right. the Second World War. And there were two men whose families actually lived on the same street in Lviv, which is now in Ukraine, but had, I think, it's, yeah, still in Ukraine, yeah, still near the Polish border, and had been in seven different countries or something like that at the start of the 20th century because that's how, um, what's the word, uh, disruptive geopolitics was at that point, you know what I mean, or how chaotic things were. Um, and he, he gives you a definition of sovereignty within that book, which is a legal, you know, and this is a correct, you know, this is a, an international law silk telling you that, and which is why when I hear people banging on about sovereignty, especially the politicians, I'm always very wary of it because it doesn't mean power to the people necessarily. What sovereignty means is a state's ability to do whatever it wants to with its own citizens without international interference. So if you're a sovereign nation, you can basically use, it's like a self-legitimizing system. So you can say, well, the people have put us in power mm. in order for us to treat the people like this, and there's nothing you can do. So when countries want to remove themselves from international jurisdiction of, of, and extra, you know, ex, you know, extraterritorial uh, jurisdiction of, of intra, you know, in international sort of courts, um, I'm always like wary of that fact because actually that's the sort of thing that despots want to do all the time. Well, so. North Korea is like probably yeah. one of the most famous examples. They, of love, they love sovereignty, and, and they, the Nazis loved sovereignty. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all, I don't I don't want to keep refer to the Nazis, but you know, it is literally true that all governments like that want sovereignty and they use sovereignty as a tool to sell to their people because because people automatically think it means i am in control because i'm because we're a sovereign yeah, and nation not, it just means and it doesn't necessarily mean it just means that actually you won't you're, be you're, allowed to strike you're at the whim exactly and like you won't have well we're already on zero hour um contracts we're, aren't we exactly so, so any workers rights just get eroded even more yeah. you can get cheaper you can get cheap labor your, your passport is worth less now than it was um, five years ago because it's less powerful it's fallen down so I think uh, prior to Brexit the British passport was the most powerful passport in the world there's, there's, a, there's a, like a league table and it's literally the number of countries that you can enter without needing a visa right. to get there and what your passport does and we were number one basically so we were effectively the freest citizens in the world yes and we could go anywhere to over 200 countries so now we've got our freedom and that is back. now we've got our freedom back we are now number 13 in the league right. table right. and and it's not like we've it's not like we've plummeted and we can't go anywhere but people are going on holiday now are realizing it is more difficult even even even, it, even it's just inconvenience but still we are still now though we're free from the shackles of europe mm. and more free we are freer and have greater sovereignty yeah, as individuals, we don't actually have the same benefits, and therefore it's actually not. It's a, you know what I mean. It, it, it's not quite what we were sold. No, it you know? definitely isn't. I wonder what will happen because I used to always hire a car in Spain. I don't know what's happened with that. I don't know if you, the I mean, driving license is still recognised. Did you need an international? It one? was well when I went last year. It was still recognised. You didn't right. need an international one. Hopefully, but, that. but hopefully that will remain the same. But the, the, the Spain, for example, so Spain is a good example. They've recently changed the rules. 
so that you have to show that you've got a return flight before they'll let you into the country. You have mm. to show where you're going to be staying. You have to have proof of that, and you have yeah. to prove that you've got enough to spend enough of eighty, the equivalent of eighty-five pounds per day. Wow! Either with you or access to it before they'll let you into the country. So they're making it much more difficult now. People complain over here. I know we're going slightly off topic here, but people sort of newspapers that actively sold people the idea of freedom and sovereignty and let's get rid of these these are European these balmy Brussels bureaucrats. They sold us that and now complaining that actually we don't have the same benefits as we did when we were inside the EU. Yet we all knew that would be the case because we were one of the people, we were, we were one of the member states who designed the rules for what happened to third countries. And then we volunteered. We said, well, actually, we would like to be a third country now, please. Mm. Knowing full well what would happen. And people in charge didn't tell the, the public that. So I'm always wary of, of what they say. So be, I'd be very wary of any government that tried to remove your rights because human rights have been sold to people as being something that only really benefits like foreigners and criminals you know yes. but because they're the only people who get who have to they have need to test them so they're the only ones who, you know what i mean like most people don't have their their rights interfered with there, there is a definite move towards people wanting to feel like they're being persecuted i feel yes. you know what i mean so people talk about their rights being infringed their rights to freedom of speech and so on now rights only work vertically rather than horizontally so it's only so i can't interfere with your rights to freedom of expression beyond the very sort of as we talk about quasi you know like legal or paralegal way of physically stopping you from saying something you know what i mean mm. but that's not an infringement of your rights to freedom of expression that's just individuals behaving as they have done in all of societies forever pretty much so 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 but, but the starting point is like that we do have a right to freedom of expression that is however a qualified right um and that it's subject to formalities conditions restrictions or penalties as are prescribed by law and are necessary in in a democratic society so there's a recognition within that that you can't just have broad completely freedom you know free speech because that has its own problems and you end up basically with sort of a, ty a tyranny of the majority, you know what I mean? Uh, which is what we sort of see being played out. So if you look at, um, it's, it's interesting that the people who talk about there's like a woke sort of conspiracy to stop people from being able to speak. Now, talking, calling people woke is in of itself a chilling effect on freedom of speech, I would say. Mm. And it's all, you know, it's, this, it's people, it's, that, it's the, it's the Spider-Man pointing to Spider-Man picture that you see on yes. social media. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? um, and... So, so the, the so there is so there is that, and they, was it Karl Popper that talks about that about how actually tolerance of intolerance leads to just more intolerance, and therefore you need to have a certain amount of intolerance to limit. In, you know what I mean? It, yeah, I think everyone that. sort of knows that. I think instinctively, to be yes, honest with you. Yes, if you've not, um, there's a really good film about it called Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> uh, which deals out greatly <laughs> and I think uh, do you know what I was going to say I found it intolerable that film but I actually really <laughs> liked it it was on one Christmas a few years ago so what's the specific then so the specifics what of it what is the specific is it a crime well so there are there are crimes involved aren't there with hate speech for instance yeah, so, so we'll talk about those now. So, for example, so it goes on to say that the restrictions that are mentioned can maybe, in the interest of national security, um, territorial integrity or public safety, for the prevention of disorder or crime, and that's quite wide, yeah. um, for the protection of health or morals. So an example of that would be, I could not go on YouTube 
um, and say, look everybody, this is how you break into a car and start a car and steal a car. This is how you start a fire to yeah. cause the most damage in a factory. This is how you stab someone to kill them. Well, for example, like disseminating terrorist material literature, you know what I mean, that tells people how to make bombs and how, yeah. to, how to best carry out attacks and so on. Now, that, in theory, people have a right to do that as the starting point. That's my next Edinburgh show. <laughs> <laughs> to when to stuff. blow up a bank. <laughs> you know, but, um, the, uh, <laughs> but the... the um, but then the what? So that's the starting point is that you're allowed to do that. But then the law. If Gervais actually did try and do that, then it, I would go, oh my god, that is so brave and clever and like full circle. You have I, I, genuinely I, been silenced. I will believe one of these people who talk about them being full of freedom of expression, if they and, and, and were the champions of the freedom of speech warriors, if 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 they start burning poppies on stage. At yeah, that point, yeah. I'll say, all right, you're committed to this freedom of speech thing. You're not just having a pop no. with sort of minority groups. You, no, are, or, you are going for sacred cows and fair play to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, something with real, you know, a profit. Yeah. Or, a, you know, go for... Have a, have a, yeah, probably have a go at it. Don't, don't have a pop at trans people. Well, you know let, what yeah, I mean? well, let's not say Jesus said this, because, you know, the, the, the Baptists are not coming for you, are they? No, you know no, exactly. Mean? Let's just do it or don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I've got, one, I've got one or two bits if they got on telly I wouldn't want to, no. you know what I mean like, I wouldn't put on there because they would have, you know like I know that that wouldn't be good if that was on YouTube you know so yeah um, but um, yeah so you can so you can survey with it for those reasons stuff you've got yeah exactly <laughs> I mean I don't want that getting out um, there's loads of stuff that could be taken out of context and clipped and made me look really bad but anyway well I mean, that's what just happened last week with Frankie Boyle yeah absolutely and, the, you know, the Daily Mail as well. So and, it, but, and these are the same people who talk about freedom of speech being eroded by this group of the shadowy cabal of lefties, you know what I mean? So it's like, don't, don't do the exact same thing that you're you know, accusing other people. A lot, I think a lot of it is projection, to be honest with you. Um, but so basically, there are a number of reasons why the, the state might interfere with your, with your freedom of speech. I'll give you some examples of the laws that, that do that, because there has been a story recently, in the last couple of days as well, um, that's got everyone on GB News types all up in right, arms. I've still not seen it. I bet it's, I bet it's funny. Because <laughs> they've got a show called Headliners. I know two or three of the people that do that. There's yeah. really good comedians on that. Yeah, yeah. And I spoke to someone and who's involved in it and they went, oh, yeah, it's really good. And I think he said they were on it. So the first show's at like six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning and we like go through the papers and I was like, let me stop you right there. <laughs> I will not be watching that. Yeah. So... I don't know. They're not. Um, it's not quite the same thing. But I think that's all. They're supposed to be. Well, I don't think they've ever. You know, some of the comedians on that. They're not really done anything wrong other than trying to do comedy, topical comedy, and they're being paid for it. And yeah. Like, there is a sort of movement within comedy that if you do something that a lot of people don't agree with, like work for GB News, then you're evil. And I'm not. You know, in Liverpool, if I was to do a column in the sun and then go like, oh, I'm in Liverpool next week, I wouldn't expect that to go well. No, no, and no. Get what you and, and, and it's like, well, exactly. You, you, you know, you're making an informed decision, aren't you, to, yeah. to do your column in the sun. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, Which is interesting, I think Frankie Boyle Frankie did, used did used to, to have about 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. Um, yeah, so we can see the number of... What's interesting, though, is that 
you know, I, so, the, so the law can dictate when you can have your rights interfered with, as long as it complies with the, you know, the, the, sort of the broader rights under the convention. Um, but it's quite a wide discretion, you know, the protection of health or morals. Morals change from place to place yeah, from time yeah. to time. You know, the protection of the reputation or rights of others. So you can't slander other people. You know, like, yeah. um, you know, for example, libel laws are, are, are chilling of freedom of expression, you know. But likewise, someone should, I don't think anyone would argue that you should be allowed to libel other people. No. You know what I mean? Or, or defame other people. Like, you, you know, so, so the, you know, it's, it's, it's not as simple as you can just say what you want and people shouldn't, I mean, the law shouldn't interfere with that. You know, it's, you know, the, the prevention of disclosure of information received in confidence, for example. So you wouldn't want your doctor going around, have you heard about yeah thingy, got, got herpes, yeah. you know, and then, and you would go, you were like, you know what, doctor? I wish, you, you know, you think, you know what, doctor? I wish you hadn't told all my friends that, but fair play, it's your freedom of expression, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and that's fine. Like, no one, you know, people, people don't agree with untrammeled freedom of speech. No. Nobody does. No. I don't believe that anybody does <laughs> at all because there are so many examples of when they wouldn't want it to exist. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the maintaining, I mean, this is the way, the maintaining the authority and impartiality of the judiciary. You know, so there's got to be, you know, there has to be, there has to be parameters placed around it is the thing. So let's give an example of some of the laws that exist um, where you might commit a criminal offence by, through words, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or either written or, or verbal. So there's the public, the, 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 the classic one is the Public Order Act. And section four of the Public Order Act creates an offence. It says a person is, is guilty of an offence if he, A, uses towards another person threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behaviour, or B, distributes or displays to another person. Any right. Go back, go back to A. So let's break it down. So, so if you're a comedian, say you're a comedian and think about whatever you, this, Routine will be about Prince William or Boris Johnson or Piers Morgan. Yeah. Right. So let's take it through. Okay. So a person is guilty of an offence if he, A, uses towards another person. Right. Okay, so, so that's this, interesting. This, so this can be a secondary person like Piers Morgan who's not in the no, audience. No, no. Because using towards another person. In the audience. Threatening, abusive or insulting words or behaviour. Right, okay, well, that's okay. pretty much, I did that last night. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but all of them, threatened, abused, yeah. insulted, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Or distributes or displays to another person any writing sign or other visible representation which is threatening, abusive or insulting. So if you held right. a sign up. Not a prop doing, comic. So yeah, they, yeah. They, they, whatever yeah, they get, exactly. they deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those um, flip chart wankers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote some jokes down. I'm going to read them. Yeah. All right, awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. I've done a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, <laughs> go on. I was at Huddersfield Polytechnic in the <laughs> mid-90s, and even then they had overhead projectors. Make yeah. the effort. <laughs> so, <laughs> they can't um, see it at the back. Yeah. So... So, so there we go. So the first part is using towards another person, threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behaviour. Okay. Right. Yeah. But do that constantly. That's never ever been because I suppose in comedy as well. But it's with ex expected. Yeah, but it's with intent to cause that person to believe that immediate unlawful violence will be used against him or another by any person. Yeah. Or to provoke the immediate use of unlawful violence by that person or another. 
or whereby that person is likely to believe that such violence will be used or is likely or it is likely that such violence will be provoked. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's effectively that's where it falls down. Yeah, exactly. It's the so it's, it's the well, it's also the intent. Like what's your yeah. intent in doing that? Your intent to get a laugh. is to get a laugh. It's not to cause that person to believe yes. that immediate unlawful violence is gonna be thing. So right, so then we move Bill on to Bill Hicks's famous routine, let's hunt and kill Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Fantastic routine. But it's just a joke. Yes. Well, there, there, there was a joke that um, Joel Brand did about three years ago oh, on the radio. I, yeah. I went on the radio to defend her on, and didn't plug the podcast. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was about, and the, and the joke was, at the time when everyone was throwing milkshakes at yes. Farage and uh, Tommy Robinson and yeah. people like that, um, and obviously they weren't happy about it. And it was raised as, a, as, a, as, as an issue. Throw she a brick. No, she said... Why are people people shouldn't be throwing milkshakes at Nigel Farage and Tommy Robinson when there's battery acid available? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obvious, fairly yeah. obvious brute yeah. one gag, isn't it? You know what I mean? And that got in her a lot of trouble, and she had to apologise for that. Yeah. And, and so on. You know, apologise because of complaints made by the very people that say there is a woke conspiracy to silence yes. free speech. So it's like you know, make your minds up as to what side of this debate you're actually on. Um, but that that was clearly you no know, that that technically is, is threatening. You know what I mean? It, it's it's you know yeah. it's it's it could be taken that it was someone promoting sort of you know politically motivated violence um, and so on. And yet, because of the context in which it was said, because it was said by a comedian on a comedy show mm. that had been broadcast as well, it it can't have been taken to be serious to to be to be anything other than a joke. So the intention can't have been there. To, to in order for it to fall into um, so section four. So she shouldn't four. have apologised? No, no. I, I Personally, I, I, I can see why she did. Let's just, she's well, probably yeah, been advised to yeah. draw a line under it. You know, people forget about it. But I think she would have been within her rights to not apologise. Yeah. Um, well, Norm MacDonald famously apologised for jokes he made and what happened then, rather than it going away, the second wave... There was a second wave came down of people saying he shouldn't have apologised. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. made the story live on for another week. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So that so but the, so there's section four. Now there's also section four A, so four capital A, which is intentional harassment, alarm, or distress. So listen, to it, so so this is a, a broadening of, of of this rule. Okay, so this is that a person is guilty of an offence if, with intent to cause a person harassment, alarm, or distress. He uses threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behaviour, or disorderly behaviour, thereby causing that or another person harassment, alarm, or distress. Right. So, so go through that again. So a person is guilty if, with intent to cause a person harassment, alarm, or distress, it's the intent. He uses the, threatening, yeah. abusive, or insulting words or behaviour, thereby the causing that as well. That or another person is interesting. So it could be yeah. So if you if you threaten someone, like within, t- threaten a child, right? yeah. that maybe the harassment could, the child might not be aware of that, you know, of, of what you were doing, but the parent may well do, so it might be the parent that's harassed, yeah. if that makes sense, yes. and therefore the offence is committed. You can be harassed on behalf yeah. of it. So you, don't so, have, so you don't have to basically, so you don't have to sort of like call a six-year-old to give evidence and go, and what did you think when the man said that? And, you went, and they go, I don't didn't really know what he meant. Well, Richard Madeley's currently getting it on Twitter, so Judy Finnegan. Good. I don't know what he's done, but good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he got the name of um, one of the England footballers wrong. 
he called her Coco, which is the nickname oh, right. for his okay. daughter, Chloe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the football was called Chloe. Right. And again, you just kind of, at one point, you kind of just go, he must be 60 odd. He's on live telly. He's, he's been like this forever. It's what he does. It's Partridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, he's, it's just Alan Partridge you're getting angry at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think that ever helps the cause either, the level of anger. I still don't know what J.K. Rowling's really done wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying I don't know why I disagree with it. I don't think it's wrong. I still don't know what you she's actually done. don't know what it is. Right, okay. The yeah, act. Yeah. But I know everybody hates and I mean, and I think it's people that grew up liking a book. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, know if you like if, if a film's on, if a Harry Potter film's on telly, which used to be on all the time. I don't know if the films are all right because it's... Somebody think, else directing I think they are. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but you just like, Christ, you have to shut the curtains if you're going to watch it Harry Potter <laughs> and the Chamber of Secrets. Because <laughs> I've been wanking over Hermione. Yeah, yeah. In that, she's about 12, so... You know. uh, oh, I meant, I meant the first one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there we go. And that's the there's the cancel cancellation. Well, point. so what's the intent there? Other than so, so, no, so the the, the, the intent to is to cause a what is well the, in in the this. No, me saying that there wasn't any was there? No, no, there was none. There was a, it was a joke. It's a joke. It's meant to be a joke. And actually, the law does play, and this is the wider. There's a wider point of all this as well. Is that even if technically if something falls within these, you know, within the sort of offence and it's made out, in order for someone, in order for you to be prosecuted. It has to be, there's what's called the full cold test. I may have spoken about this before, uh, which is there's got to be um, an evidential basis, a you know, likelihood of success. Yeah. Um, so the evidence has got to be there. So you can't bring spurious prosecutions just to, you know, harass someone. Um, and So, for instance, the Daily Mail could not have tried to bring any kind of private action against... Frankie Boyle for this joke because I'm, I'm not sure how private prosecutions work actually whether because it's, it's the CPS has a full cold test right. I assume for private prosecutions um, there must be some sort of gateway the barrister surely would have any you know what I mean he would have to it's going to be some sort of like no. in, initial sort of consideration as to the merits of it before it'll go to a trial it's called good faith or something where you, could be, you could have yeah you've got to have standing there's got to be you know there's got to be I, I assume it'll be similar to like a judicial review where there is some sort of, um, you know, uh, consideration and permission stage. And yes, you may bring this case before the courts, um, you know, to see whether or not there is, there is a prima facie case there mm. or not. Um, so I don't know. So At £400 an hour. Yeah. I think I'd find one. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's, so there's the evidential test, but then there's also the, um, but then, then there's the, the, the public interest test as well. It's like, is it in the public interest to bring this case? Now, there is case law. Um, that that you know shows that jokes are pr- especially protected under freedom of expression rules. You know b- because of because people say things they don't agree with. People can say things that are threatening that tick all the boxes for certain offences. But because of the context in which they're said, it doesn't. It, it means that it, you know it, it's not the same thing. So therefore, um, it's it's unlikely that a comedian would be prosecuted for a joke. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. actually a joke, and this is the this is the other thing. This is different from people who say things and then after the event go, "It's just a joke. What are you bothered about?" Yeah, yeah. But that's a yeah. different thing, and the, it is it is a tricky line for the law to walk that because 
Um, it is definitely like a tactic for people that want to get away with saying hateful things and want to incite hatred yeah. on, on racial or religious grounds or on sexual orientation grounds to go, you know, the, sorry, mate, it's just a bit of banter yeah, yeah. line. You know what I mean? They're, they're, there's a definite tactic there for often far-right people to say things and try, to try and get away with saying things that they wouldn't ordinarily be allowed to get away with saying. So, well, also, actually, that exact same way that just takes us back out of the world for a minute, if you were a comedian that did that, where it pretty much would have been auto-acceptable in the 70s and early 80s and maybe even beyond to say something horrible and go, what's up, can't you take a joke? We're all having a laugh. I mean, that was always... Bernard Banning's defence was always, I'd take the mickey out of everyone. I laugh at myself, I'm Jewish. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it just wouldn't stand well, no, cause like, because, because we, we, we have a better understanding also of like power dynamics between yeah. different groups of people, I think. And you mean, so, it's fine, he probably wouldn't have so, broken so, anyone, but he just wouldn't get booked. No, exactly. Certain gigs. And he wouldn't uh, be bothered because his entire market is the opposite of that. Yeah. He's exactly. the very first proponent that I know of, of this. I've got, there's another one, Frankie Allen at the minute, the most dangerous man in comedy. There's clips of him online, so it's really... About, about we know some more dangerous comedians. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but he says some like really quite awful things, quite kind of shocking things, but the people that go to the like a back room of a pub in Bolton, there was one, a, a gig that I was at, and I saw his poster was on, it sold out. Yeah, yeah. Um, they know what they're getting. And that's and he's he knows what he's getting. Yeah, exactly. Hundred and twenty tickets at a tenner each. He's getting twelve hundred quid for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and, and happy? yeah, and, and as, long, as long as he's not breaking any law, because he, he he could potentially, in in you know within within a show, you can potentially sort of, you know, incite hatred or so on. Yeah. You know, but depending on how you're doing it and what you're saying, so. Just because it's comedy doesn't mean that it's a carte blanche and it's a shield against prosecution. No. So you have to be mindful of that. But you would have to say something like, after this, let's go out and find a particular type of person. Yeah. You know, you have to go beyond just saying, oh, this kind of person I don't like. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, 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 definitely. There's got to be more to it than just sort of like displaying lazy stereotypes about people, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, so, 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 so for example... There is also, you know, there's um, the Terrorism Act of 2006 mm-hmm. that um, expressly um, criminalises the encouragement of terrorism, which includes making statements that glorify terrorist acts. Yeah, which I know hundreds, I know dozens of comedians that do that. I've got a joke that could potentially fall within yeah. that. I know lots of Asian comedians, some really famous ones. Everybody does it. Everybody knows it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It breaks yeah. tension. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. Exactly. You you might, know. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't. I, the gigs that I do, I don't get booked to do Asian comedy special tours where the audience would be predominantly Asian. So yeah, I don't yeah. know actually if one of the comedians would even do that at that gig or if they'd do it and it'd go really well or it'd go really bad. I just don't know. I know white audiences predominantly, predominantly find that really funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going, oh, I've got a backpack on. Whoa, you've got five seconds to get out or something. You know what I mean? That kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as you know, I've got a routine about all that sort of stuff and it's like, you know... I've knitted a backpack. It's fine. Oh, it's yeah. full of it's pamphlets fine. about... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lesbian rabbits. Yeah. Oh, that's the, <laughs> the, this is the worst person 
with a backpack I've ever met in my life. <laughs> it's Megan Woolley, isn't it? He's not waterproof. Yeah. He barely holds anything. Oh, All his pencils are falling out. Hipster terrorists are the worst. <laughs> you probably don't have pencils, do you? You probably only have charcoal. <laughs> I've, I've got both, actually. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so there's, you know, there's that. There's also, and this is, this is the one um, that I think most people... Were, this this is this is the area that um, is more likely to cause controversial um, prosecutions, I would say, which is the Communications Act, two thousand and three, section one two seven, um, which basically states that a person is guilty of an offence if he a sends by means of a public electronic communications network a message or other matter that is grossly offensive or of an indecent, obscene, or menacing character, or b causes any such message to be sent. Um, and that for that you can you're guilty of an offence for for saying that no because that expressly just says that you're guilty of an offence if um, you send something offensive. Mm. There's no incitement to hatred there. There's no incitement to cause harm um, or anything. It's just literally whether or not it's it's grossly offensive. Um, so so that is an area that's thinking that's clearly meant. I think we discussed this that it's under the Communications Act um, and it's in proper use of a public electronic communications network. That section came into force to deal with people making crank calls. Was it was it? a crank callers thing, so it was literally, you know, the heavy breathing. So that predates even predates photocopies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off your ass. Yeah, yeah. That you'd brass, brass rubbings of your <laughs> of your genitalia, <laughs> <laughs> like that you put up on the bulletin board or whatever <laughs> on the town square, but um, yeah. So, so it, pre- it predates that. It predates social media. It predates text messages and so on. And, um, but is you is still on the books because technically people can still phone up and do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So some people have fallen foul of that. I think this is what Count Dankula was convicted of um, for a YouTube video. Um, and um, because it, it's, it's not, you know, there's, there's no intention on it. It's just you've sent a message that is grossly offensive. And he was, he was, I mean, he didn't do himself any favours by, in his video, saying, I'm doing this video because my girlfriend is going to be grossly offended by yeah. this. Basically, is what he said. So he then couldn't argue that it wasn't grossly offensive. He'd done the act, you know what I mean? And it, and it, yeah. and it, it was, and because he put it on YouTube, which was effectively published to the world, he lost control of it. You know, he couldn't just say it was just to her and it was therefore a private message. Um, yeah, so that's something that, that's interesting. Now, because so why then isn't Jimmy Carr, for the joke about gypsies um, being exterminated, exterminated by the Nazis that's broadcast on Netflix, why does that not fall foul? Well, because he is... There, I, I, there, there is a um, separate... There's basically anything that's broadcast that under the... This, this effectively broadcast material. I've not got the acting in front of me at the minute. I've just got that excerpt from it. Something that is effectively broadcast material under the Broadcasting Act doesn't... The, those subsections one and two don't apply to that. So it's something that's actually put on TV or on an on-demand service. It doesn't fall within electronic right. communication system. So it is a different thing. So that's interesting. So, but but where you, which, which, what is an interesting issue is like live streaming of comedy gigs on YouTube right, is yeah, a bit of a yeah. grey area. Now I would say that the because when we did um, Rob T- Robin Simon's Robin Simon's yes. podcast, Rob asked me this question actually, and I was like, "Oh, that's a 
that's a very astute question actually. That, uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure because it is it is a bit of a grey area. Now, what I would say um, to that is that if you look at the wording of it, so say you're on stage, right? You do one of your many callous, rude, <laughs> horrific <laughs> jokes, <laughs> and and you're on stage at a comedy club that are, that are streaming it. Hot water online. next hot week. Hot water. You do hot water next week, right? Okay. Um, so that's being streamed to lots of people. Mm. Um, and, and you you say something that is grossly offensive or indecent, obscene or menacing, or indeed all of them. If, if it's yeah, a, well, one of your better jokes, it's, it's got all four of them in there. In uh, yeah, in, in one. Um, and uh, but you've not sent that, have you? No. That's you. You're saying it on stage. Yes. It's technically being communicated by the club, so, so it's in, being broadcast. So I think, and it is being it's being broadcast, but but it's on it's on you. You know what I mean? But even yeah. if it's not broadcast. It's an it's a misuse of an electronic communications network. You're not the person sending it. You're saying it on stage. <laughs> the club is sending it across the networks. Right. So this so, is and so so that that is one area where it may well be that the law has a chilling effect on who will be booked because then well actually we can't put this person on because we don't want to broadcast their bile on our <laughs> systems. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so th- there is the potential that there's also the um, Malicious Communications Act, which makes an offence for a person with the intention of causing distress or anxiety um, to send certain items to another which convey an indecent or grossly offensive message, or are themselves of an indecent or grossly offensive nature, or which convey a threat or information which is false or known to be believed to be false by the sender. So that that has you know there's there's intention there. And the intention has to have been to cause distress or anxiety. Um, so I, there was there was a chap arrested the other day. Uh, it might have been yesterday even, for um, for retweeting a, a meme of a, a, a I, th- I think some of the GB News lot likes Lawrence Fox whatever he's called put together a um, they got the the new LGB trans flag. Yeah. And they managed to put four of them together into such a way that they look like a swastika. Right, okay. And this guy um, retweeted that, or, he, or he, he, I think he sent it to someone, and they were caused undue distress or anxiety by um, this message, and he was arrested for that. Of course, that's been picked up by other right-wing media yeah. as yet another example. This guy, the fact he was a veteran, is, is, is completely irrelevant to what he's done, but obviously it tugs at the heartstrings of, of yeah. all the patriots that are veteran who should be allowed to send whatever he wants. <laughs> it's, um, I'd quite understand the logic behind that, but, you know. Was he a German? So, yeah, so it's, it's yeah, so, so, so there is that as well. So, so there are, and for, for my money, there's not really um, much of a, of a chance, I don't think, of a stand-up comic being banned from doing material on stage, basically. No, well, not get, not arrested and no. You you might not get booked again. You know, you, you might say yeah, something yeah, which is really offensive. Again, there's so many market forces in that. There's lots in that exactly. So it could well be that actually your joke about transgender community, it may well be a perfectly well constructed joke. Yeah. But it's not. It's not within, and it may well work at one comedy club or other. Who'll be happy to for you to tell that joke. But other clubs won't be happy to do that. Mm. Clubs should be able to book who they want well, on, they anyway. on whatever basis they want, and they do anyway. And you're never going to find it. They're not going to tell you the reason why I'm not booking you no, is because of no that job that you did. That. They'll just they just won't answer your emails. No, 
Just, oh. it's true that's exactly you know and, and that's and that's just how it works so so I, I don't buy the idea that none of these comics at, at Joe Rogan's club that all they would be banned from every single club I don't there's no way that there would be no it's, I think there's an element of mischief making in that statement designed to get us all talking about it I agree and it's worked brilliantly hasn't it yeah so um, what we will say to Francis Foster and Constantine Kissing um for the trigonometry podcast is we've called you out, <laughs> you liars, you and Joe Rogan. Um, so please, you know, retweet us and um, then we'll get popular too. <laughs> <laughs> we so wouldn't. It's just, it's as well we're not popular, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we're popular, we'll just, you know, go back to doing our twee stuff about Wordsworth, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, the Lake District. I'm going to bring down, yeah, wait till you hear my views on Lord Byron. Oh, you know. my God. I've got some stuff on Kendall Minkay. <laughs> <laughs>